Hey, race fans, welcome back to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Drafting the Circus. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour or more as we discuss everything racing from the past weekend. Uh, before I do that, let me introduce you to my panel tonight. Uh, with me, as always, uh, my right-hand man, Mr. Gray Warren. Gray, how are you? Good evening, sir. I'm doing well. How about you? Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, Gray's work colleague over there at Richard Childress Motorsports, Richard Uden, back in the house again tonight. Richard, good to hear from you. Uh, good to be back. Hope everybody's doing well. Awesome, awesome. And uh, joining us again, uh, Mr. Frank Linker, who along with his wife, Missy, runs the Indy Sports Car Podcast. Uh, joining us as a guest, uh, Frank spent his weekend at Mid-Ohio, uh, hanging out in the Mazda Road to Indy Pits, but he also was there paying uh, close attention to the Indy Car race, certainly. Um, Frank, how are you tonight? Good. Thanks for having me back on, Frank. Hey, man, no problem. Oh, no problem. Always enjoy your insights. So uh, uh, all three major series were uh, in action this weekend. Um, oh, yeah. NASCAR was at Pocono. Uh, IndyCar was at Mid-Ohio. Um, and then in Hungary, we had the uh, Grand Prix. So starting off with Pocono, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about Kyle Busch and his, um, you know, wind drought that uh, stretches back to the brickyard last frustrating year season, yeah. frustrating season yeah so but uh, we we've kept saying well it, it won't be long before kyle wins the race and sure enough things went his way at pocono um kyle takes the win pretty good margin of victory there at the end there we didn't have uh the, the traditional <laughs> caution at the very end and three attempts at a restart and overtime. Um, the race kind of uh, ended kind of kind of quietly and cleanly, um, much to the delight of Kyle Busch, who's happy to be back in the winner's circle. So, Gray, um, take us through uh, some of the highlights of Pocono. Well, it was a dominating performance by Kyle Busch. We'd been waiting for that, you know, to come about. We had a little bit of a preview of it. The week before at Indy, until he was until he was taken out in a crash. But uh, Kyle definitely, you know, the, the you know the fastest car doesn't always win the race, but in, in this instance, the fastest car did. Uh, Kyle uh, won the pole and dominated uh, the first segment. Uh, fell back a little bit in the second segment, uh, trying to work out uh, some handling issues. Got it back, and then in the last part. Uh, really parlayed some pitch, a little bit of pit strategy, some strategy that's been going against him in other races, particularly the last time we were at Pocono. But this time, he and his crew chief kind of played a little bit of a waiting game and stayed out a little bit longer than the other teams on their last set of tires. And they pitted uh, with roughly, oh, I think maybe about 25 laps to go. 
they came back out, had much fresher tires. Uh, they came out uh, uh, six seconds behind the leaders and were able to run them down and extend uh, extend their lead to uh, to six seconds. So he made up 12 seconds on the field there within the last 25 laps and some with some good strategy and a very strong car. Um, so, yeah, we've been waiting for Kyle Busch and the Toyotas. Uh, well, Toyota's been running well, but we've been waiting for the Joe Gibbs Toyotas to, to come about. Uh, good day for, for Joe Gibbs, and I think he had all four cars in the top ten. Uh, race started out with a, uh, with a wreck on lap one. Uh, Matt Kenseth trying to get under Jimmy Johnson got loose, spun in front of the field, and uh, kind of ruined the day for a couple of their RCR cars. Austin Dillon and Paul Menard were caught up in that in that crash and suffered some damage, but they had to soldier through uh, the rest of the day. Uh, Danica Patrick was able to uh, get through it. She she was caught up in it, and uh, she ended up getting another top 15 finish. So good day for her. And Kenseth was able to bring it, you know, recover for a top 10 finish as well, along with uh, you know uh, uh, the other Joe Gibbs cars uh, in the field. So good day for that. Ryan Blaney also had a little bit of trouble. He uh, he ran strong in the beginning and and uh, got uh, got his uh, front fender caved in on a restart there one time and it uh, caused him to lose some laps and kind of ruined ruined his day. Jimmy Johnson had a bad day. Uh, he got uh, got loose and uh, backed it into the fence and uh, had to retire early. But uh, all in all, basically it was Kyle Busch show. Yeah. Uh, he went up there and uh, and just. Uh, Pretty much had the dominant car. Now, now Jimmy Johnson's hit a pretty decent patch of bad luck here lately, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, he, he's he, a, he won a couple bit. races early on, you know, and and again, yeah. you know, he's uh, it's all in the bag waiting for the chase. But it seemed like you know Jimmy can't buy a break lately. Well, since Dover, uh, since Dover, I think he picked up his third win at Dover. Am I correct on that? I believe he did. Sounds right. Uh, yeah, Dover back. Uh, Back in uh, in late May, early June, and yeah, he's had he's had some had some uh, hiccups since then, but still he's sitting there solidly in the chase, solidly in the points with three wins. I think he's tied with uh, Truex with three wins, leading the leading the series. So no uh, no, no concern there out of the, out of the forty eight camp. Uh, you know, this is their time of the year. They they get in, they start experimenting with a few things and start playing, but. You can believe when uh, when the playoffs start, uh, they're gonna they're gonna knuckle down and, and, and be ready to go. Absolutely. So now, Richard, um, you've been quiet there. So, uh, man, what what are your thoughts on Pocono? It's it's definitely it's definitely one of the most unique tracks uh, on the NASCAR circuit. It's one of my favorite tracks. So, how, how do you feel like uh, the package they had performed uh, there at Pocono? I think it's great. You go to Pocono the week after you've been to Indy, and in all fairness, you know the two pretty similar tracks there in in the layout, and of course, you know, turn two at Pocono is modelled on on some of those turns at Indy, and it's it's good in a way to see that continuity of the guys that are performing well at one track, you know, going to another track, and again, you know, p- performing up there. You know, you saw that with the seventy eight and the eighteen, um, although they they managed to take each other out in Indy, they they seem to play nicely this weekend, um, but it's a it, it's a, it, I think these two tracks, Indian Pocono, are the ultimate sort of demonstration of driver and car combination that we go to. Really, you've got you know the the corners which are I don't want to use the word real corners, but 
they actually, you know, they make the, the drivers break and turn and and not just like roll into a corner. They're actually turning through these corners. I know it sounds a little bit silly, but from an engineering perspective, it's the far more dynamic corners than your typical, you know, say your Charlotte's or your Texas or, you know, wherever, just a rolling corner. These are, are a lot more defined and... Um, I thought the racing's been great at these two tracks. They really have. I know Indy's come in for criticism in the past, but, you know, you give these drivers packages and, you know, they really do deliver when they're at a track like this. They go out there and they really do show what they're made of. And if it's hard to pass, it's it's hard to pass. You, you we, we were talking about this in a debris, in, in our uh, debrief at RCR this week. You know, Ryan Newman was saying, you know, outside of the top five, you know, you had the top five, which were clear, and then you had, like, the 10th to 15th place cars, and they were all pretty much the same sort of speed. And you can't really pass if you're no, if, if you're the same speed as the guy in front. You, you can't really pass them. Um, and, you know, it puts emphasis on strategy and, and pits, pit stops. and Excuse me, it brings the whole team together. So I thought it was a great race. I, I think the package they've got there is good. You can't blame people for being quick and being competitive and being good. So, uh, yeah, I think it was great. Well, man, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good race. Again, you know, Pocono is one of those tracks that I've been visiting since I was a small child. Um, I've, I've actually driven Pocono's road course in a Formula V. So, And I, I, I saw a little blurb or a tweet or a... a... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A news story about uh, maybe they should put one of uh, one of the two Pocono races uh, for the Cup cars on the road course. You know, I, I don't know that the infield road course at Pocono is wide enough for the Cup cars, but it's but it's it's an interesting thought, that's for sure. So, but Pocono is one. We've seen some really good races up there, and we've seen some you've seen some snoozers too, but. That's uh, you're going to see that a little bit at every track, but I, I but I agree with uh, with what what uh, Richard said there. It, the the corners are a little bit more technical than some of the other uh, from a driver's standpoint. They're on the brake, they're on the gas. They've got to actually turn and guide the car through there, and with with very little, not not a, not a great deal of banking. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's unique, and uh, and and I've always enjoyed the races there. And they shift as well. You know, they have to shift around there, which, uh, as you can remember from uh, early, the, the um, early race there, uh, obviously that caught Dale Jr. out a little bit, having to shift, and uh, he, uh, he he caught that caught him out twice there. And I know it sounds silly that, you know, we turn around and say, oh, you know, the drivers have got to shift gear, and everybody's thinking, well, you know, can't be that hard. But, you know, these cars really aren't designed to shift gear. You know, it's not as if it sounds really stupid, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Um and you can also bring the strategy into it. And if you're trying to fuel save, you know, I mean, it wasn't a fuel mileage race this week, but, um, you know, we do do a lot of strategy preparation on that. You know, do you shift? Do you not shift? Where do you start to lift? Where do you, you know, do you not brake as much? Do you let the car, you know, naturally slow itself down into the corners? So it throws up a lot more, far more variables, I think, than you would normally see on a normal weekend. 
Yeah, it is an interesting race, no doubt. And one thing we talked about briefly when we were previewing this race last week, when we went uh, when we went there in June, we had uh, several cars uh, have some brake issues. I think uh, we didn't see any of that in, in this uh, this edition uh, at Pocono. I think they kind of teams got kind of solved some of their brake issues, and I think that was brought about by the new lower downforce package and some of the teams not. Uh, not knowing what to expect uh, when they got there, but they uh, they they got on top of it and solved those issues, and we didn't see any any brake problems at all uh, during this during this race. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was overall a good race. So you know, as we're you know we're getting really close to the crunch time here, right? On uh, making the chase, right? So we've had a uh, five to go, five to go, and Kyle was it was he the thirteenth winner? Thirteenth winner in the season, I believe. Fourteenth, yes. Fourteenth, so that means fourteenth actually, but, but well, but yeah, yeah Logano's Legano, was covered, so, yeah. So it was the fourteenth thir- winner on the season, right? right but he's the thirteenth guy to solidify a playoff spot, and um, Logano right now is on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got, yeah, he's, he, got he, he's, Hubbard, pretty, he's, he's in a must win right now over the next uh, five weekends. Yeah, yeah, just about. So I mean, you, you know, these guys are going to start. Pulling out the stops and and uh, like 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 we talked about, I I don't think they've quite. Uh, I think they're concerned, but I don't think they've quite hit the panic button yet. Uh, some good tracks coming up for them, uh, so I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna put all their resources, uh, bring all their resources to bear to uh, go ahead and solidify that and get him get him in the chase. And there's several others. I mean, you've got some other teams too. We talk about it every week. As we as this boils down, you know, there's teams like Clint Boyer, uh, there's uh, Jamie Matt McMurray, Matt Kenseth, yes, Kenseth, Kenseth, Kenseth. to win. So does um, Daniel Suarez could jump out and win a race, right? Spoiled on Wednesday. And like uh, Rick, Richard's been talking about, this is a wild card weekend here. Yeah. You know, you could have someone like uh, like uh, 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 Almondinger pick up the win there and really throw a wrench in some people's plans. Oh, I mean, abso- I think, absolutely, yeah. Is it Chase Elliott who is the highest? He's in seventh in points, but he doesn't have a win. Where Jimmy Johnson's eleventh in points with three wins. It's, right. you, know. you know, and I tell you, here's that's, and I'm glad you brought up Chase because we're going to Michigan next week uh, after Watkins Glen this weekend. In Michigan, you know, you look at the streak that uh, Chase Elliott's been on uh, the last several races he's run there. He's had top. He's had, he's he's got a string of top two finishes. So I mean, you know, he's all he's got to do is just uh, you know get out of that bridesmaids role, and he could very easily uh, solidify and punch his ticket into the playoffs too. Yeah. So let me let me just bring up this topic, okay? So it, I mean, as I look at this thing, right? There's two separate sets of points, right? Like I said, Chase Elliott is seventh in points, right? But he's fourteenth in playoff points, right? Do you think somehow this can just really be too confusing to the average fan or to the new fan trying to uh, understand the sport, having these two separate point standings? Well, I think they 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 have a well, yeah they have like a regular season stand playoffs and what the, how the playoffs would be set. Yeah, I think to the novice fan it, it is more confusing. I think even even to the even to the most uh, uh, avid. NASCAR fan, it is to a degree, but they particular, but they, I think we've had a uh, about 
two thirds of a year this chase stuff uh, and this and this uh, uh, um, segment racing under our belts. Where you know I think people are beginning to get a grip on it. But yeah, I think once it's going to really as it boils down to everybody understands when and you're in. I think that's that's the main thing when and you're in, and that's what they're looking at, and then they'll the rest of it will boil down to that. So right now. I think most what most people are keeping their eye on is is the is the winds. You get that wind. And of course, that could get a little muddy too if we have another. If we say we have in the next five weeks, we have three new different winners, and or, and maybe Joey Logano picks up, you know, uh, erases his encumbered win, and then we have uh, a couple of other uh, three other wins. Then that's when it will get muddy because we'll have seventeen sitting with wins. And only 16 qualify for the chase, so that could uh, that could make things a little bit. Uh, uh, we could have to go to the rule book to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're, we're uh, the lowest in points at the moment of the winners, that's Austin. Right, and right. So from yeah. a, with our uh, with our RCR hats on, we want uh, we want Martin Trucks to go out there and win every race between now and the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. We want we want we don't want new winners. We want. Uh, we want yep. guys that have. We want guys that have already uh, got a win and win tally in the column. So uh, yeah, we want those guys to so we can get uh, so Austin can uh, can breathe a little easier and go into the playoffs with some with some uh, confidence. Right, and you guys got right now between Austin and Ryan, you've got you've got two guys set to get into the playoffs. You know, provided we don't have seventeen or eighteen winners. Yeah, yeah so. Ryan's stuck. I think Ryan's safe because I think, I think Ryan, Ryan's safe. Yeah, Austin's the one that could be. Yeah, because uh, Austin's got Austin's Casey team. and Austin behind him in the uh, with a win. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think the only way Ryan would be out is if we had five new winners and they're all below him in points. Yeah, so. and, and and also another team we've got Austin sitting at twenty first in points, and then but you've got Ricky Stenhouse who's just behind Austin, but Stenhouse has two wins. His credit, so that really pretty much solidifies his his playoff uh, berth there, because that would help him when you look at the playoff points there that we're we're talking about too. So yeah, it is it is it could be a bit confusing, but you know we'll just have to see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, uh, you, you and I we watch this every week. We pay attention to this. If somebody maybe new to the series, they'd be like, "What? I don't understand." I don't you, get know, it. you know what I mean? So I don't I get I don't get how you know Jimmy Johnson is. Near the top of the standings, the playoff points, but near the so. Well, I, I, I guess it's a work in progress for NASCAR. It is, you know. It is. So. You know, it's it's not unlike other. It's not in, unlike other professional sports like baseball, Major League Baseball, and, and and NFL football. When you get down near the playoff times, and you got all these different playoff scenarios, and how this guy makes, how this team makes the playoffs, if if this 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 and this happens. And, that kind of thing. So each sport has its own little nuances that that uh, you know the avid fans will embrace, and the and the not so avid fans will, uh, or the novice fans will will not. So yeah, it's it, it'll be something to to discuss later on. I mean, you know, that's a really good point, Gray, because I think by going to this playoff system and even calling it the playoffs, they're trying to get to something that's a little more. You yeah. know, like sticking cl- cl- ball, close to sticking ball. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I've always, I, you know, when they come out with the term playoffs for, for auto racing, I'm like, well, you don't, 
play auto racing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so I, I if it's up to me I'd call it the race offs, but <laughs> yeah. that's so anyway, but I digress. So let's talk real quick. Um Kurt Bush name come up in the news today and um realizing we're taping Tuesday and Listeners will hear the show on Thursday. So Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So, uh, barring anything that happens in between, uh, a couple of fairly reputable news sources reported that Kurt Busch is out at Stuart Haas for next year. Um, the team tweeted, um, we fully expect to have Kurt Busch in the Monster Energy car in 2018. Just saying that tweet came from the team. So, um, I-, I guess it is confirmed that they did not pick up his option for the contract, but uh, they still look to retain him. So, uh, Gray, you've been in the sport more years than any of the rest of us. So, uh, what do you think this means? Well, you know, it could it could be as cut and dried as he's not coming back and the team's going to go in a different direction. Also, with the secondary tweet that came out that says they fully hope to resign, resign him, it could mean to me that obviously they aren't, he's in an option year, and they're not going to pick up his option. That leaves Kurt to be a free agent and could be, could re-sign with Stuart Haas with a renegotiated contract, or he could be free to move on to another team where the, where the grass might be perceived greener. So basically, I think that's what we're at right now. It's just, it's just another thing in the silly season that is really, you know, the, the first dominoes to fall were Paul Menard leaving RCR going to the Wood Brothers and Ryan Blaine leaving the Wood Brothers going to the third Penske car, the third new Penske car. So that was just that just started it. Now we've got this news coming out. So back, and, and of course Matt Kenseth announcing that he's not going to be back uh, with Joe Gibbs. So it's you know we we've hadn't had a silly season like this or like it's shaping up to be in quite some time. So. Uh, we're just going to have to kind of wait it out and see how it goes. Uh, right now, you've got uh, two drivers, two very talented drivers, uh, two former champions, uh, you know, out there uh, uh, as free agents, so to speak, Kurt Busch and, and Matt Kenseth. And so we'll have to see what uh, what happens there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it's going to be interesting, you know, and, uh, you know, Indy, IndyCar is going to have a big <laughs> crazy um, – silly season as well uh and, and we'll get into that a little later in the show so uh so uh, with that being said so we're off to Watkins Glen um another of my favorite tracks that I visited as a child um 
So, um, what are you guys' feelings on Watkins Glen? Who do you like? I know it's tough to tough to pick a winner at the Glen because you got a couple guys that really excel at road courses, and then you got some of the guys that are just good everywhere, uh, like a Kyle Busch, who uh, who has just got that uh, wind monkey off his back. Um, what 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 are you what are you looking at for Watkins Glen? I'll start with you, Richard. Uh. You know, it's a great racetrack, and it? it's got all the history. It's it, it's got the uh, you know the fans. I think it's one of the only races that typically sells out every year. Um, you know, probably behind Daytona. Uh, you know, the fans are there; they love it. Um, I'm I mentioned it earlier. I think I think Joe Logano can. Uh, he won there a couple of years ago, I believe, and uh, I think he can go out there and, uh, and and cement his place in these playoffs after that uh, encumbered win. Yeah, you know, he certainly needs it. Yeah. So, Gray, what are your thoughts? The last five years, Watkins Glen has probably been the best race of the year. When you talk about it's the super speedway of road courses, C- cars go incredibly fast there, uh, and it has some of the, we like I said, we've seen some of the best racing all year each year for the last five years at Watkins Glen, and I, it's one of the races I look forward to. One of my favorite races uh, of the season coming up this weekend. And, it, and again, it's going to be wide open. You're going to have guys, that the, the, the road course guys are going to come to the front. You know, we, we talked a few minutes ago about someone like a A.J. Allmendinger could really throw a wrench in this playoff picture with a, with a win there. Uh, then you're going to have your guys, uh, uh, other guys come through. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm going to, I've thought about all the guys that could win and, and, and different ones and that could, that could do this thing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Clint Boyer. Uh, he's another one that needs to really get, uh, kind of solidify his playoff things. He's been knocking on the door with some good runs lately. Uh, he's won on road court. He's won at Sonoma before, and he's run well at Watkins Glen. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out and say uh, Boyer might pick up the win this weekend. And Gray, that's a good pick. Yeah, I mean. You know, Boyer is one of those guys that just really has taken to the road courses quite well. So, so good pick there. Now, Frank Linker, you don't follow NASCAR like some other guys do, but you've been sitting there and be quiet. But uh, you do love road racing. I know that. Um, so, and I love uh, the Glen. And I love the hey, – who doesn't love the Glen? You know? So, uh, Bernie Egglestone. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah, uh, Frank, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an opportunity to uh, – uh, pick a NASCAR guy for uh, for the Glen next weekend. Um, uh, I, I mean, I've always heard that AJ Allmendinger is uh, the road race ringer, right? So let's go, AJ. All right, and and I'm going to say that uh, I alluded to earlier. I'm going to say Kyle Busch goes back to back. He's got that uh, that uh, you know that uh, wind drought can, off right. his back, it, and he's going he's going to tear off a couple in a row. Um, he can be streaky like that. He is he streaky really can. like that. So, all right. So, uh, before hey, we, before we before we get away from the NASCAR and go to go to IndyCar, uh, I did want to bring up we had a new winner this weekend in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Ryan Priest, uh, first win uh, ever uh, driving for Joe Gibbs. That's a very interesting story uh, that uh, came about. Uh, young uh, Priest uh, had had some had garnered and gotten together some sponsor money to go uh, to go to help him uh to run some uh run some uh, xfinity races 
to get noticed. He primarily runs in the uh, modified series up in the Northeast, and he's run for some other teams. But he he decided to take that money and go with Joe Gibbs to only to run uh, a couple of races, whereas that same amount of money would allow him to run more races with a with a lesser funded team. And he chose he chose the the former to go with Joe Gibbs to run the two races. Well, he goes to uh, Loudon uh, a couple of weeks ago and has a strong uh, second place finish. And he goes to Iowa this past weekend, uh, sets on the pole and and wins a race. And it was a very good race. I don't know if anybody got a chance to watch it, but it was a very exciting race, very competitive race. Um, uh, Kyle Benjamin in another Joe Gibbs car finished second. And uh, that was a very spirited race. run there at the end and then of course uh uh Allgaier in uh, in the uh junior motorsports car uh he ran real strong there and they had a spirited battle with priest uh before pit strategy take took him out of the race but congratulations to ryan priest uh you know young kid 26 years old uh getting you know doing what he thought to to get his best shot at getting noticed by one of these car owners so he took put all his eggs in one basket essentially and uh, and picked up the win this weekend at Iowa. And and good for him as well. And now speaking of the Xfinity series and the Truck series, there have been a couple of uh, new rules announced where they're limiting again the amount of races that the Cup guys can do. Um, so let's uh, Richard and Greg, if you could just briefly discuss that uh, before we move on to Indy, IndyCar, because uh, I believe that Kyle Busch has said if they take uh, the Cup guys down to zero truck races, he will just fold his team. I think yeah. it's an interesting uh, an interesting concept, really. There's there's two sides to every argument, isn't there? Um, you know, you, you it's great for the young kids coming through to have the experiences of of driving wheel-to-wheel against a Kevin Harvick or a Brad Kozlowski or a, you know, Kyle Busch, somebody like that to, to, to really get that uh, get that experience. It's fantastic for them. But then, you know, you look at a typical race weekend where the, the, the two series are racing at the same track and there's no restriction on who can race. In the top 10, you've probably got six or seven reg- cup regulars in there and they, they really don't have... You know, do some of these kids have much of a chance? I'd say not, unfortunately. And I think what we saw last week in in Iowa is the prime example. Uh, you know, we were talking about the young kid there that, that got the uh, win, Ryan Price. Any other weekend, he would never have had that opportunity to have shown what he's capable of in that car because that would have been a uh, you know a Kyle Busch or a whoever you know in that car, and he wouldn't have had that opportunity. And you know, fair play to the kid for taking that opportunity when it came along. <laughs> But, um, you know, of course, all the cup regulars, they're going to get the best of the best. You know, they're going to make sure that they have the top cars. I mean, I was down in the garage at, um, at Charlotte uh, earlier in the year looking around the Xfinity garage. And, you know, you look at the, the, the big name drivers' cars and then you look at some of the smaller cars from the back and just internally the layouts of the cars and silly little things in a way, but how neatly the cars are wired. I mean, being an electronics guy, obviously look at the wiring, but... You can just tell the difference between the haves and the have-nots um, in the um, in the Xfinity series. So, as much as I think these kids learn from driving against the Cup regulars, I 
I think it's good that they're not being demoralised every week and all the top drivers are being handpicked by the the superstars every week. Yeah, I, I agree, Richard. I, I think I think that's a good point. I think it needs to be a little bit of a balance, and I think NASCAR's tried to do that with the rules this year, and they're going even a little bit further next year to uh, to to put get the get those the new guys. They, they've got to bring up the next you know the next crop of drivers. You know, they've got to start developing them, and I think that's I think that's a good idea. But also, I see it. You know, with, with the comment that uh, Frank made about Kyle Busch saying if they if they go ahead and eliminate the the Cup guys. Uh, he'll pull his truck team out, and I can understand that point, and that's that's very important. NASCAR needs to look at that too, because KBM is probably the preeminent team in the truck series, and the, and obviously they don't want to lose those two or three different trucks that that make up uh, that that go into making up those fields. They don't those two quality car trucks in those fields, and they certainly don't want to lose those. So, I think it's uh it's it's good. They claim the that's what the fans are telling them. NASCAR does. And so it's up to the fans now to support that. If that's what they want, then the fans need to get out and support these races by by going up with attendance to go in and support these kids as they make their climb their ladder in the sport. Gray, from your lips to God's ears, absolutely the fans need to get out there and support this thing. If that's what they want to see. You know, if they want to see, you know, just the just the no names or you know, I don't mean no names or the the up and coming guys. Um, but, you know, as long as I've been watching, uh, you know, the l- lower tier NASCAR races, uh, there's usually, there's usually a couple of, uh, ringers in there or, um, you know, big names in there. You know, Mark Martin was, uh, famous for, uh, you know, dipping down, but at the same time, there are folks that just disagree with, um, stepping down to, you know, you don't see, uh, an Alex Rodriguez step down and do a triple a game on his off day you know so it's <laughs> yeah, exactly or you know you know you don't see uh tom brady hop into a college game or or an arena football game on his off day uh to keep his skill sharp you know it, auto racing is unique in that sense and there is a long history of this because years ago um you know formula one guys would race formula formula two races all the time and that was at that time more of a way to kind of sustain their income um, because we didn't have those astronomical salaries, driver salaries that we have now, uh, but it also drew fans to the track. So uh, if the fans want to see uh, just, the, just the, uh, the young guys battle it out, come to the track. That's true. I mean, this, like, you know, give them, give them a, you know, they, they, what is it they, what is it they advertise the, um, the Xfinity series, uh, names where names are made or something like where that. Name, where names are made, exactly. So really, basically, they sort of got to put their money where their mouth is and really and really do that. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a good it's it's a good turn, and we'll just have to see if if the fans come out and support it, and uh, you know we can develop some <laughs> some of these kids along the way. It'll be a win win for everybody.
Okay, Frank's got the... Frank, you there? I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, we got... You just have to edit that little bit of dead spot out there. I did. I just now looked down and saw where you, you stepped away from it, so we stopped talking, so you probably got about 30 seconds you got to clean up in that... In the, yeah, that, I was... Hey, see, the funny thing is I was talking for like the last three minutes, <laughs> and then uh, you said, Frank, are you there? All right, so... so <laughs> All right, so yeah, well, no, uh, it was just it, it was just dead air. No, uh, I, I, had my, I, I didn't my hear anybody. Microphone on mute. You know, I turn okay. that, turn that button on and off. So you all, know. Right, we'll, all right, you so, can go so ahead. And we'll, just, we'll just okay. I'll just I'll just say this. Go stuff. ahead. And, yeah, start. I guess go go ahead and segue into uh, to we pretty much covered NASCAR. Go ahead and segue into. I got IndyCar. you. I got you. So on. So yeah, that's absolutely a good point, Gray. But let's uh, let's move one state away from Pocono, Pennsylvania, and talk about uh, Ohio uh, because the uh, Verizon IndyCar Series was at Mid Ohio, along with all of the uh, ladder series were there. Uh, Frank, you were there, uh, so we'll talk about this uh, a little bit in depth. Um, uh, young Joseph Newgarden, first year with Penske, took his third win of the season and took it in a pretty uh, pretty dominating fashion. I've got to tell you. So, uh, and for once, we saw a road course race that did not feature uh, a yellow that caught the leader out and, you know, piled him back in the field. Although um, we had a couple of drivers, uh, Will Power and Graham Rahel, um, talking out against the uh, that closed pit rule, uh, which really catches some guys out. So, but we didn't see that in the race. Um, New Garden pretty much uh, flawless on the day. Um, Frank, do you think uh, Newgarden has the potential to go ahead and win the title this year? He's leapfrogged ahead of his two title rivals who are much more experienced than him, Elio Castro-Nevis and Scott Dixon. He's uh, He jumped from uh, you know uh, third in points up to first. Uh, both those guys had mediocre days. Uh, Dixon had a real tough day. But, uh, Frank, what are your thoughts? Ah, there's no reason he can't do it. I mean, he's in the right uh, machinery to do it in Penske. And I mean, I mean, Joseph's got talent coming out of his ears. So, uh, yeah, like you said, he's won three already. I mean, if he keeps this up, I mean, there's no reason he can't win the championship this year. Yeah, I don't see anybody. I mean, he was he was the fastest car on the day. He should have won. He did. I mean, he made that uh, pass into the. uh, that that I want, if you want to call it a back straight <laughs> out of the keyhole uh, on uh, on Will and I think like lap two and never really looked back and you know pit, you know the pit crew was flawless all day they got him out real quick his uh, mid sixes I think and uh, yeah I mean you know jo- Joseph has a better shot than you know at anybody in his uh, uh in his garage there to uh, to win I think so definitely he could I don't know you know when I look at this thing. Objectively, uh, and when I look at the remaining schedule, I really feel like this remaining schedule favors Dixon, right? And Dixon, who's uh, you know been leading, the, <laughs> leading, leading the thing all year, despite yeah. despite um, some real adversity. He's, I mean, like uh, at, you know, on Sunday he, he's driving with a broken rear end, right? And he's mired as far back as seventeenth. But uh, he gets the thing to finish 10th, you know, Um, just him driving his butt off in a car that's just not right. Um, And, you know, when I look at what's left, right, Watkins Glen, Dixon's one there, right? Uh, Gateway, 
wild card, right? Uh, the only yeah. the only the only guy that feels one a gateway is Casper Nevis. Um, yeah. We haven't raced there in years. Um, and then um, <laughs> you know, so I, mean, we're, I mean, didn't Casper Nevis win, win in uh, Nazareth back in '92 or something? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, but yeah, so, <laughs> right, yeah. Um, you know, and then, then a Sonoma Dixon's won a couple times, and uh, uh, the other one out there is uh, what's the other race on the remaining schedule? We've got Glenn, Gateway. Uh, Sonoma and uh, Pocono. One, Pocono, yeah. Dixon's won a Pocono. So yeah. I, I really feel like the remaining schedule favors Dixon. Dixon's kind of had a, a an iffy year, but I, I feel like Joseph is going to lose a close one to Dixon or perhaps even to Castro Nevis. And then Joseph's going to come back and just uh, do like a Simon Pagano in 2018, and just you know, and just lead the thing from start to finish. So that that's just what my crystal ball tells me. But uh, but hey, if Joseph wins it this year, more power to him. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Roger. Simon. How about Elio? How about Elio? Yeah. So I mean, uh, I mean, Elio's you know pretty much won everywhere you know he excels at everything i mean he could he could bounce right back as well i mean he you know he's got more poles this year than anybody else so he's always putting himself in a good spot mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner Not to win every every week i mean uh so you know elio even has a good chance but i mean we're talking about scott dixon though i mean the guy's a legend he's going down the hall of fame definitely without a doubt i mean um but uh yeah i mean joseph i i'd say uh you're right you know the schedule does you know favor dixon but that's you know, joseph's kind of unproven really uh if you figure you know the equipment he was in before he came to penske was kind of pretty subpar and now that he comes to penske look what he can do and uh yeah i mean but it, you know it's gonna be fun to watch I, I'll, I'll i'll give it that well I mean, you know I mean, you know Newgarden's problem is that three of his main title rivals are his teammates and he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna get any help from them now, now, Greg, Greg, you got a comment? Yeah, I was going to say. I think, I think to me, of the remaining races, you, know, you can look. You can probably go down each one and, and, and you know, and pick a favorite. But I think to me, of course, it hasn't been on the schedule in a couple of years. But I think Gateway is going to be the wild card race in there. True. Yeah, and I mean, you know, uh, the short, the short oval. I've never seen anybody dominate on a short oval like I did Joseph Newgarden last year at Iowa. Exactly. That was my point. I think I think that could that could play into his favor. And we know, you know, New Garden now he he's he can win on he can win on any any type of circuit. So so basically, you know, of course, Dix, Dixon, you know, I would just going back on Indy, how well Dixon ran at Indy, uh, and then of course, you know, we we talked we just we talked about in the NASCAR segment uh, a lot of similarities between Pocono and Indy. I look for Dixon. Uh, Dixon's camp to run strong when we go to Pocono uh, in the 500 miler there. Right. So, so, yeah. so, so we're going to talk about the short oval, right? So who won at Iowa this year? 
Elio? No. Elio. Elio, yeah. Elio won yeah. this year, yep. right? Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah, who's the only guy, to, uh, who's the only active driver in the field to have won a gateway? <laughs> Elio. So, Elio. I, you know what? It's good. I'll tell you what. This title fight is uh, the top six. Are, uh, it, it, literally, half the field is not mathematically limited, but I, the top six all have a shot at this thing. I'd say top five. They, they really do, yeah. <laughs> Just because they don't like the sixth guy. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's the sixth guy, Sato? Graham. <laughs> oh, Graham. Now, Graham's got a shot at it. Graham's got a well, shot hey, at with it. The, yeah, so. well, oh, let me ask you this. If, if Sato, if Sato has a, has a, wins at, uh, it wins at uh, Pocono, does he, does he uh, get himself back in the uh, championship? No. No, it'll never happen. I, I, it'll never happen. I mean, it, it depends on... It depends on how his rivals finished. Sato, I believe, is seventh in points right now. He's mm-hmm. mired a little bit. Sato had a good run in Mid Ohio. I mean, he got him a top five. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. Running, running he was running third, and then he sort of dropped back quite a bit. Was it after one of the round of pit stops? But and I thought, oh well, he's you know going to yeah. do his usual finish or twelfth or whatever it was. But then he came back strong towards the end of the race there. Yeah, yeah. Sato had a good day, clean day. Any time, you know, Takuma has a clean day, he finishes okay, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Just it, saying. The other, right? you know, so. But, yeah. um, so, uh, yeah, so we've got uh, uh, you know, the last four races. I mean, you know, I hate the fact that the IndyCar season ends months before <laughs> Formula One and NASCAR. But uh, I, I do love the fact that uh, uh, IndyCar is going to have the most compelling headlines with this tight battle for the next couple of weeks, although, well, well, the next couple of weeks will be off. I believe August 26th is Pocono. We yep. have our we have our little Formula One style summer break. Yeah, it, uh, there's a there's a bit of a gap there, but uh, the great thing is, you know, we have you know we have this the schedule is finally set, and they've been working to get uh, a schedule set for what I mean. You know, ever since they merged back back in uh, what two thousand eight and two thousand nine, so you know this is the first time we ever had you know can bank on every single track that we raced at this year. We're going to be back at next year the same weekend, so there are gaps there that we can fill in for next week or ne- or next year. So, you know, I think next year is going to be a longer season, or if not more more races in the season, uh, definitely at least one, if not two. Absolutely. So so, um, with that being said, so now, Frank, I know that uh, you and your wife Melissa, who run the uh, IndyCar, or I'm sorry, the Indie Sports Indie Sports yep. Car Podcast, uh, you guys <laughs> follow the uh, Mazda Road to Indy very closely. You guys are always in there. I'm, oh, I'll, yeah. I always see your Facebook live. Yo, man, we're in the Indy Lights Garage. We're on the Indy Lights Grid. So, uh, tell me a little bit. I, I mean, I saw um, our friend Nico Yaman, our Won the won the lights race, so yeah, I'm uh, with you. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so Neil uh, Neil Anderson has that stuck in my head, man. I heard it all race. <laughs> Love Neil to death, but every time yeah, Nico Yaman went by, he goes, "We want the Yaman." Uh, Jack Harvey was about to just, just throw him down the, the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah. take us through the Maserati Indy, man. Cause, uh, you know, it's like uh, you know Joey Barnes has been on our program before. And we always like to talk about how um, IndyCar has probably the best ladder series 
uh, of anything in racing going on right now. So, uh, oh, from USF to Promaza to Indy Lights, I mean, where where would you like to start? I mean, just take us through the Middle Ohio weekend and uh, oh, the, okay, what, so, what the championship battle looks like uh, for each of those series. Uh, so basically, um, all right. So uh, I'll just start USF. U, uh, USF, we have a new rookie in. Uh, won the um, won the champ uh, the uh, the USA championship in Lagoon Sake last year for his uh, for his Mazda full scholarship uh, uh, season in USF and won his seventh. Uh, seventh race um here but uh and pretty much pretty much locked up the uh <laughs> pretty much locked up the championship uh, this weekend but it was a huge huge weekend for parker thompson i would say there because last weekend or, or, or last year i would uh, I, I should say uh, the triple header that they had there for usf uh the one race took him right out of it put anthony martin in, in the driver's seat and anthony martin won last year to go to Promaza. Uh, so, but I mean, you know, we're looking at Oliver Askew. I mean, um, he's just been dominant, uh, all year. Uh, he really has, uh, we've had him on the show a bunch of times. He's really great guy. Really, really, really good kid and really talented too. And, um, uh, but yeah, again, Parker Thompson, you know, uh, finished us, uh, I believe second in race one and one race two. And we're talking about, uh, exclusive all the sports, a new team to the whole thing in a new car, uh, you know, and, uh, for what Parker is doing with that team right now is just uh, very commendable as well there. Um, so that's USF pretty much in a nutshell there. You got basically Oliver Askew is going to be uh, going to Promaza next year. Um, and, uh, yeah, Speaking of exclusive auto sports, they were the first team uh, that week, uh, the weekend just passed, to purchase themselves the new package for uh, the PM18. So that's interesting. <laughs> you know, don't start speculating yet, but who knows? Um, they're a full Canadian team led by Jay, uh, Jay Gray and or, or Jay Green. So, um, so, but then uh, Pro Mazda was about, I would say. The most interesting of the weekend, triple header, the only triple header out of the three, uh, you know, battle between uh, Anthony Martin uh, in the sole red livery Mazda there uh, from Cape uh, May, or, or Cape May, I live in Jersey, Cape, <laughs> Cape Autosports and, uh, and uh, you know, Victor Franzoni, who rightfully so basically raced himself into Pro Mazda uh, from USF last year to this year. And it's been the Franzoni uh, Martin uh you know, rival all year. It's been, a, you know, although it's been a shortened season, which kind of sucks for them. Um, not a shortened season, but a really short number of races. Um, they really shine this weekend and uh, really gave on a good show. Anthony Martin took two out of the three. He would have took three out of the three, but there was a big controversy race two, like last lap. Uh, yeah, Victor Branstoni races for Uncos Racing. Uh, the other Uncos entry, um, who was a way back marker, lap down, kind of went wide there to where, um, yeah, you know, uh, right, right at uh, where, where pit entrance is and uh, kind of pushed Anthony way outside. And Victor went inside and took the win. Um, the, you know, they, they held a, you know, they looked it over, race control did not, not much he can really do. Back. Uh, really strong race three and just uh, you know, 
put a 119 lap down second to last lap of the race which just dominated <clears throat> so that was really cool to see and a and a just a side note on the prop pro mazda carlos kuna really came through took a pole away from martin at the last second for race one so he had himself a really solid weekend from team pelfrey there so it's good to see that um and so you know uh, basically we had a point uh, uh, a a uh, points leader jump too in pro mazda uh, this weekend uh franzoni came into the weekend we're up seven points and uh martin left it with uh four uh, up four points so gateway is going to be a huge race for pro mazda uh you know just like indycar the wild card gate you know pro mazda gateway the wild now, card for pro mazda are, are all are all three mazda road indies at gateway no uh, uh just indy lights and uh pro mazda okay uh, so the F2000 is not there? Okay. No. uh, USF 2000 did their oval at at Iowa, and Promaza was not. So that's, I guess, where the flip-flop is. Unfortunately, Promaza wasn't there, but USF was. And they put on a good show at Iowa, I must say. Yeah, Yeah. you know know, know what blows my mind is that none of these support series are at Pocono. You know, and that's it's really... Like disconcerting. I mean, the place is huge, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but yet, yet they have no support races, right? Now, yeah. now I'll, I'll throw this out there. My my uncle Hugh Maloney um, owns a, a uh, Formula V team. He runs, uh, you know, Pro V in the SCCA. They yeah. they are all invited to uh, Pocono, right? They're all running at Pocono, but exhibition laps. I'm like, why aren't you letting these guys race? You know, what I mean Pocono. For the IndyCar race, has literally no support races. They've got these. You know, last year, they had the thing with the the uh, classic uh, IndyCar yeah, exhibition laps. Yeah. So, so you bring in this. They're doing the you know Formula V uh, 50th anniversary, and but they're not letting them race. They're just exhibition laps. I'm like, <laughs> I, I just yeah. I just don't get it, man. Because you know what? Again, I'll tell you. I, I've driven a Formula V around uh, Pocono's road course, and that track lends itself to awesome Formula V racing. Um, and if you were to let these guys loose, let them run the road course during the IndyCar weekend, that'd be quite a show for the fans to see. But uh, I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't know where, why Pocono falls off the radar of the Monster Road to Indy. Maybe the new uh, track uh, uh, president of operations might have something to say about that next year. Who knows? I don't know. We'll, we'll dig up Doc Mattioli and put him back in charge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, to disrupt your no, train, of, train of thought, but when we start talking about this sport race, I'd really, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about, well, you know, why can't we fill the stands at Pocono? Well, because you get crap for support races, so. All right, so and, so and it's weird as far as you know, you, you say fill the stands for Pocono. I mean, has really any series filled stands for Pocono? No, no, but, but 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 we could do better than the crowd we had. You know, honestly, true, true. But if you if you've seen the attendance, um, uh, last I guess four years it's been now, four, I think, right? Yeah, um, it, it's you know, it's it's outdone itself every year, more and more and more. So it might not look it because Pocono's, like I said, it is gigantic. I can't. It, it it's hard to put into words how big the track is. Oh, I, I've I've been there. Yeah, Gray, you've been there too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pocono is is massive, but all but all the grandstands are on the front straight. Yeah, and, 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 and that, front, big, that big long stretch of grass is on the front straight. 
I mean, we're talking what is it? It's 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 a matter of what like two hundred feet for a, a full mile for the front yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah, the front straight <laughs> is amazingly long. Yeah, so yeah, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean and, to derail your conversation because I really want to hear about the uh, the Indy Lights battle because uh, Nico Yaman is coming up on possibly challenging for the championship. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nico Yaman's challenging. Um, you know, Colton Herta had a really good week. Well, uh, well uh, let me rephrase that. I mean, he, he qualified very well. Um, uh, he, uh, he, was, uh, he was winning uh, race two. Um, he finished second race one. Uh, he was winning race two, came came down out of I forget exactly what turn, and then just spun all by himself, and uh, uh, ended up uh, dead last. Fought back though, so give I'll I'll give him credit there, because <clears throat> these cars are not easy to pass, and you can it is very hard to get close to uh, you know a car with with these uh, IL fifteens. A uh, lot of lot of downforce made off the top of the wings, and, but not much from the under tray. So. One heck of a wake. They had to move the push to pass from a second to 1.5 uh, back. Um, I think it was uh, the fourth event or fifth event, something like that. Uh, I mean, we, we had Shelby Blackstock on, and he was complaining about it like and you wouldn't believe. And then uh, literally a week later, they changed it. <laughs> so I'm not. We're not taking credit for that. But but Missy is. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Miss, that's funny. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> but. Uh, who do, you, who, who do you like for the Indy Lights title at this point? Because you know the whoever gets the Indy Lights title gets Kyle treated. Kaiser. Kaiser, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, and speaking of Kyle Kaiser, so bad weekend. Let's let's well let's talk about Uncoach Racing and the rumor that they're going to step up with a full time IndyCar effort next year. Uh, do you see that really happening, or do you think they're going to do Indy only again? Or do no, you think, I, do you I'm, think, do you I'm think they're ready to 98 go. Point, I'm 98.6% positive it's going to happen and a two far team at that. Sweet. And they're not the only ones, uh, you know, cu- cu- uh, coming out of Indy Lights going to, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, Indy Car. Uh, definitely. So, um, what, what's, you got, what's the other thing. you're thinking? You're thinking uh, Michael Shank? Well, Michael think, Shank is coming out of sports cars. I, I think he's kind of said he's not. Interesting um, full-time IndyCar program yet, but the seed is planted. Well, I mean, uh, he was there this weekend. I talked to him. So, but he, you know, he had nothing. Yeah, he had no cars running in it or anything. But he was there all weekend. So, you know, that tells you a lot when people are there that aren't doing anything, right? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So let's but, talk. Uh, let, let's talk about speaking of next year IndyCar. Okay, we're talking about Yuko stepping up, right? What's the other yeah. team you're thinking? Yeah, Carlin definitely. Carlin, right? Car. I think Carlin bought the uh, the last remains of uh, Jimmy Vassar's team, right? Uh, he did. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, I know AJ Foyt bought some of the chassis in the auction. Um, yeah, and I think there's. Uh, I think Harding did as well. And Harding bought some stuff as well. Yeah. So yeah, and, Harding, and, uh, and Harding's, Harding's another. Harding's already. Yeah, uh, said we're we're, we're full time in uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah, and, so. and, yeah, and, and, Ga- and Gabby Chavez will no doubt be their driver. Absolutely, yeah. So we're so we're looking at a possible three to six more cars on the grid next year. 
you know, minus, uh, minus, you know, Penske maybe dropping one. Uh, Ganassi is rumored to whoa, be dropping one now. as well. Huh? Back up. Penske dropping one. Yeah, the uh, popular rumor on the street is that uh, Elio is going to uh, run the sports car <laughs> program, and no, uh, no, there's no, going to no, be no. only three full-time Penske cars. That's uh, fake news. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, I'll just ask you then. So, what's the real news? The, um, Elio will retire in IndyCar when Elio re- says he will. Same okay. with uh, Dixon, and same with TK. They're not going anywhere. Uh, that sports car rumor is a rumor. I mean, Penske is doing sports car, no doubt about it. But it'll be JPM, not Elio. Okay. So we'll have to see how that plays out because I hear JPM and Elio. Elio's going to get no. the Indy 500 ride and three, 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 Elio three, a three-time Indy five, No way, man. It's not going to happen. All right. And so I, we'll just have to see. I don't want to get into. Yes. The, I don't want to get into this whole discussion when we got uh, only a couple yeah. minutes left of air time because uh, we've still got a crazy Formula One race to talk about. That is true. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I can fill up some minutes. <laughs> exactly. But before we do that, I want to talk about uh, two other things. IndyCar. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais. Back in the car yep. after after that uh, devastating crash at Indy where he broke uh, uh, several bones in his lower back and pelvis. Uh, Four-hour test in mid-Ohio. He said he feels great and is ready to get back in the car. Um, Frank, you think we're going to see him at the Glen? Uh, we might see him at Gateway. Wow. I think, as, wow. As early as okay. Gateway. Even, maybe even Pocono. Maybe uh, even Pocono. And we'll I'm, just, Pocono. I'm, I'm just saying that because he's cleared the race. Uh, he wants to race. Doctors clear him through. And look who's in the seat that he, he is occupying his car. Do you really want him at Pocono? Well, Gutierrez, I, I mean, all, all he did last weekend was hold up the leaders being a lap down, right? What, Esteban? Esteban, yeah. All he, did, he just held up the leaders being a lap down, right? Uh, he's, a, he's a liability <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. He's a safety yeah. liability as far as I'm concerned, exactly especially in Pocono. So. We'll see. You yeah. know what? Golly, I, I'd love to see uh, see Bass back in that car, but um, yeah. So let's uh, let's see where that goes. You got so. plenty of time, right? <laughs> you know, at first they said yeah for the season, then they said oh Sonoma, then they said maybe the Glen. So it, if you think we'll see him at Pocono, that'd be outstanding. Yeah. So I think so. Um, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about the um, the road course trim of the 2018 car. Um, you know, uh, the car is absolutely beautiful for one. Um, both uh, JPM and um, Servia, big smiles on their face after hopping out of that car. They said the car is, uh, the new car has put a lot more of the uh, control back in the driver's hands. And I they like said it. Th- th- this is going to be a real driver's car. Um, the, you know, the, the, back, the back of the car sliding around, trying to control it. Uh, just positive comments all around from those guys. Um, and this is what we as the fans want. We want we want to put this, uh, uh, you know, put put the make it a driver's car. So exactly, and that's exactly what this car is going to be. Yep, and, and I, not, all, not only is that, it is absolutely beautiful. The road course version of this car, gray. Richard, I don't know if you had a chance to see it uh, with the road course uh, front and rear wings. Man, the new car is beautiful. Yeah, I did yeah. see uh, a little bit of the uh, the photos that were uh, were released today, and yeah, no, it looks uh, it looks a good evolution, and you know, goes back to what um, you know racing cars should look like a little bit. I know they they had to go to these uh, 
you know, following some of the uh, crashes that they had uh, when the DW12 was in development, you know, they probably had to go to those uh, boxed-in rear tyres and the like. And uh, you know, it, I think it, as I say, it goes back to what a what a, uh, a race car should look like. Definitely. I mean, because the last few years, when I thought IndyCar, I, the IL15 popped in my head before the this uh, last evolution before 18 uh, comes around. That looks like so. I'm really uh, head over heels happy with this new, uh, new, new. Uh, I mean, same chassis, new, you know, but new everything on it. But and the chassis has proved itself very safe. The whole tub itself. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, you know, Frank. I think you're not alone in that sentiment either. I've just like have read positive stuff from fans, drivers, team owners alike. I think that the IndyCar is really. Uh, put his thing in the right direction, and Delar did a great job uh, with the new car. I just can't wait uh, till we see, you know, 22 or maybe 25 of them on the track uh, next year. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully uh, audible flagging system all, also in them as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yep. All right, so let's uh, – so, Richard, we had a really weird Formula 1 race. I, I, yeah. mean, I mean, we, we've talked about uh, you know, team orders have come and gone in Formula One, uh, but this whole, hey, uh, I can't pass the Ferraris. Why don't you try to pass the Ferrari? <laughs> and if you can't pass the Ferrari, let me have third place back. Or, or was that the other way around? I'll try to pass them. And if you can't pass them, you can have third place back. I, you know, this was really interesting. Now, number one, uh, good job, Sebastian Vettel. Dominated qualifying, dominated race. Uh, uh, added to his win calm, added to his points lead. But uh, man, this whole thing was just unusual and weird. Yeah, I mean, no offense to the Hungara Ring, it's often one of the less interesting uh, races on the calendar, just through the nature. I mean, it's very similar to a circuit like Monaco or, or Singapore, but just without the view and without the, the barriers. Um, so it's often one of the less exciting races. But, you know, I had a lot going on this week. Uh, you know, I must admit they surprised me. The Ferraris dominated qualifying. Uh, Red Bulls probably weren't as fast in qualifying trim as you'd expect to see. And then the start of the race, you had teammates tripping over each other. They had two Force Indias, um, you know, on the same, trying to take the same uh, piece of real estate again. Uh, didn't that didn't do them many favors? Uh, and, and then of course, uh, and Red Bulls, Max, Red Bull did the same thing, right? Yeah, Max Verstappen getting oh. inside of uh, Daniel Ricciardo there, and I thought the penalty was a little bit harsh. In all fairness, I mean, it was racing, and it wasn't as if you know Vettel deliberately drove into um, so Verstappen deliberately drove into his teammate there you know he locked a wheel up and he ran wide that's racing that's not you know that's not deliberately driving somebody off the track uh, you know later in the race um, you know you saw an instance where I'm going to say it was Grosjean possibly drove another car really wide in turn two there, um, which was, I thought that was really bad and nothing happened. So it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with racing incidents, but I think there's wrong something wrong with deliberately driving somebody off the track, as you saw later in the race there. So I think they've got to be, you know, it's a contact, like it's not a contact sport, but it's a sport where contact will happen. And, and it's part of racing. 
Um, you know, if you turn it into into basketball, then you know that takes half the fun out of it. Obviously, felt very very sorry for Daniel Ricciardo there because I think he had a quick car and he was quick around there, and he's had some really good results there. And yeah. uh, you know that ten second penalty took Verstappen out of the mix, and I, he was only about six seven seconds behind Vettel come the end of the race. So um, that could have really really um, you know, put five cars there that are all potentially fast enough for the win. Um, but the, you know, obviously the, the thing that I think uh, induced the incidents that you saw between Hamilton and and Bottas there was obviously the issues, the technical issues that uh, Sebastian Vettel was having. Uh, watching him down the front straight there, it was almost like watching a NASCAR race with the driver having to put, uh, you know, left-hand steer in to make the thing go in a straight line. Um, very unusual there. Whether that was a mechanical failure with the steering system, whether that was a tyre issue, um, you know, excess wear on one side causing an imbalance or something along those lines, not 100% certain. But there's no doubt that Vettel's race pace was compromised. Um, and, you know, and, but, and, and yet nobody could get by him. And that's, and, the and, na- and that's the nature of the circuit. And the Hungara ring has always been that yeah. kind of, uh, you know, so... But uh, I believe oh. from from what I've read that uh, he had a steering failure or, um, you know, issues with the steering. And, yeah. you know, so, uh, you know, Baltas couldn't do anything with him. Hamilton says, let me give it a try. He was like, yeah, there's no place to pass here either. Have your third place back. So, yeah. you know. I mean, that was that whole thing at the end of the race, though, was a little bit. I don't really know what to make of it, to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like, I mean, is Hamilton trying too hard to make it look like this is this great guy that everybody's best buddy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody knows that his personality is, how do we put this politely, unique. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the word. In the, in the F1 paddock. And I don't think he's, uh, you know, I don't think there's many drivers that, um, you know, if he sent out a, um, you know, a, a sort of, uh, you know, a, a Facebook uh, you know, um, meeting request for everybody to go have a, a drink with him on a Friday or Saturday night. I don't think there'd be many takers in the F1 paddock. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, know, yeah, but yeah, but he'd probably have a bunch of like, uh, you know, rap oh, singers and, and well, yeah, pop stars it's, it's, hang out with him, yeah. Dog to lap up some water out of a bowl or something, wouldn't they? I don't sure, know. yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's like, it's just like, come on, Hamilton, just, just stop it. You know, everybody knows what you like. Um, you know, oh, well, I was doing the right thing. Yeah, whatever. You know, that's what you you're does. not going to fool anybody because you, you know, he he, um, you know, he, he sort of plays on the concept, and I, you know, I totally understand that. You know, that Senna was his hero and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, God, Senna would be turning his grave if he saw that. I'm telling you right now. Um, you know, that's not that is that's the move of somebody who's mentally unstable rather than a world champion in all fairness. Oh, he kind of proved wow. that a few weeks wow. ago when he, when he <laughs> said the thing about his childhood. Not for nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do, you know, the whole thing, the things he's been doing in the last few weeks, like not going to the, the huge, um, you know, rally, you know, formula one rally that they had down in London. In and, London but yeah. the problem is, then, the, you know, you still get the, I've got to be careful what I say. You still get the fans turning up and adoring him at Silverstone. I mean, get over it. Okay, he's a good driver, but this guy, in a lot of ways, treats the fans pretty poorly. And the area that he grew up in London, an area called Croydon, um, you know, he would be B 
beaten up if he stepped foot in the place because he has slagged that place off. In the, I mean, you know, I've been to Croydon. It's not the nicest place in the world, don't get me wrong. But he's been so like, you know, oh, it's a horrible place to live. I'm never going to go back. Like, Fine, we don't want you. You know, he really doesn't. And then this sort of stuff, it's like, what are you trying to do? You know, it's, it was almost like he was trying too hard. And yeah, uh, yeah. It, it way didn't way too little, far too late. Yeah. And it was like, it was pathetic. You know, Thank he you. is there to win <laughs> yes. a championship. Get on and win it. You know, just just do what you need to do. The sad thing is, he'll probably still win it. You know, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somewhere. But but uh, you know what? It'd be hilarious if he lost it by the uh, the difference between uh, the third and fourth. You know, if, if he lost it, yeah. To, but then, to, then he'd to, be able to, 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 to Valtteri or Sebastian to buy. But you see, he's points. got a perfect excuse now. He's got oh, yeah, the perfect yeah. excuse. Yeah. He's well, like, uh, you know, I did such a good thing to my teammate, and everybody's going to love me, and I'm going to get you know loads of tweets saying how oh, what a great guy I am, and you know, it's probably his. <laughs> His dog sat there tweeting him or something, isn't it? You know, trying right, to make yeah, but he, but, but he, you know, he he gave that uh, Valtteri gave him that spot to begin with. So well, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so uh, you know, just to uh, go back to what you just said there, Frank. You know, it'd be funny if it comes down to the championship last race this season is all over and he lost loses by one or two. Like yeah, I, uh, yeah. we re- we recorded yesterday with uh, or last night with Anthony Martin, which will be we'll be posting tonight so uh just thrown out there but anyway my point you know so i could be on this fine show with you tonight so um we said the same exact thing as last night it would be hysterical if he loses by one or two points and it all comes down to the freaking red bull ring of him trying to be over courteous to somebody who's uh behind him in the points so well, but the big thing is if you look at this objectively he didn't have that spot to begin with Belcher yeah. gave him that spot. So if he more loses by that orders. spot, he didn't have it to begin with. So anyway, team on top of team, yeah, order, top of team orders. <laughs> I've never seen that before. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a scenario. If it comes to the last race of the season and, and Valtteri's leading and Hamilton's second, and with the win, Valtteri takes the championship, does he give it up to Hamilton because Hamilton gave it up to him in Hungary? No way. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, oh, Lewis, let me hand you to my trophy. Yeah, <laughs> not happening. Even if they so, told him to, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. All right, so, so Richard uh, Grave got a comment. Yeah, I was gonna say we're getting ready to go into the uh, to the holiday uh, for, for Formula One. Right, they'll be off what for the next three week, three four three weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah, and then what's the what goes on? I mean, it, it, rules. Uh, refresh me on that. The the the, well, the factory shut down for. It's changed. Uh, you know, it's changed a lot in the last few years. When it was first implemented, it was very much a gentleman's agreement. And as you know, in sport, gentleman's agreements aren't even worth the paper they're written on. Right. Um, the first year it happened, I remember, um, I think Massa won in Ferrari, won the first week back after the break. And he said in the press conference, oh, it's good we had such a long time to develop the car. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> said, oh, no. <laughs> um and then it then it sort of got into a situation now where the FIA do take a lot more um, of an initiative with the teams. Uh, they they actually go into the f- factories of the teams and make sure they are shut down. Email servers are turned off, and um, you know you cannot get access to work because 
a lot of people would go away and work from home for a week or two weeks or whatever. And some teams would say, well, can we come in and do maintenance? And say, oh, yeah, you can go and do maintenance. And you were doing maintenance on, you know, parts that you were trying to develop and all this sort of stuff. Um, I mean, it doesn't stop parts being manufactured out of house. Um, you know, a lot of teams will will ramp up this week, um, you know, having parts drawn and parts designed, and then come Friday they'll ship them out to um, external manufacturing plants, and then come the Monday in two weeks' time when everybody gets back to work, there's you know lots of nice shiny new parts uh, ready to go off to Belgium. So it's it's not as clear cut as as a total shutdown. Obviously, you know, you can't stop people from thinking and doing their own you know right. work in their own head. Um, it actually got to a stage talking about the the companies um, having external um, machine shops and fabricators working on components. A few years ago, one of the leading teams in the UK, what they were doing was going round and there's only maybe ten or fifteen companies in that sort of motorsport Formula One belt in the UK which can manufacture stuff to the levels that Formula One teams demand. And they were actually paying these companies machine time, but not giving them work to do so that they couldn't do work for other teams. How about that? <laughs> so, and then again, when the FAA found out about that, they were like, no, nah, you're not doing that anymore. Um, so it's all very, uh, all very silly in the way they, some of these things work. And it all gets a little bit out of hand. But, um, you know, it's good. It, gives t- it does give teams a break and it does give... You know, engineers and mechanics time to get off um, and and spend with their families, which is important in any any racing series because it does put a lot of stress on on family lives. But um, it's a lot better than it used to be. I say the first few years they did it, it was a bit of a token gesture, and the concept of a a true shutdown was never really a true shutdown. But uh, as I say, it's better than it used to be now. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, uh, being a global series and and with all the flyaway races that, that start the season and then they get back to the, to the European schedule. These guys have uh, they've get, these guys have been busy up to this point. Oh yeah, and it's and it's so much better in general. I mean, with preseason testing and in season testing being banned to a greater extent. Um, I mean, I knew, you know when I first started out in Formula One, some of the guys I'd worked with, you know, had been there in the nineties. And one one guy was saying he left his house on the second of January. And it wasn't until Easter that he spent more than one night in his own bed. Um, wow. You know, it really. And these were, you know, these were, you know, going to test in France and Spain, and you know, these weren't just down the road, Silverstone or wherever it was. Uh, and then, of course, you see, you've got your flyaway races, and then they were testing in between the flyaway races. And uh, you know, some of the bigger teams had a race team and a test team. Uh, you know, the smaller teams, you did everything. So you'd be racing one weekend, testing during the week, and then, you know, potentially racing the following weekend. So it really did really, really put a strain on some of the traveling guys. And it's a lot better than it used to be. You know, but, you know, people's family lives, I think, have been taken far more in, into far more consideration now, which I think is essential. Well, at least, at least we'll give, uh, we, can, we, we can start listening to the rumor mill a little bit here coming up in the next couple of weeks and see what's going on while those guys take a, much needed break. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like it, there doesn't seem to be a whole ton of uh, from one rumor mill, but uh, we'll see how that amps up. But the, you know, the the silly season is in full gear in all three series across the way. But uh, we're just about out of time here. As a matter of fact, we're 15 minutes over, so we're in a green white checker. So I'm just going to go around the around the water cooler one more time, give everybody a uh, final thought for the weekend before we sign off. 
um, and join you again in a week. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Gray. Again, looking forward to this race this weekend. Always one of the best races of the year at Watkins Glen. Should be exciting. Looking forward to it on Sunday. All right, Richard. Um, just looking back at uh, you know the, the IndyCar race in this last weekend, Joseph Newgarden's post-race uh, interview, he got straight out of the car and they're talking about how well his team's working. And he turned around and said, no pun intended, but we're firing on all cylinders. Um, it was a pun, and it was intended. So that didn't really work there, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing when I heard it. <laughs> I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> I know. Just go over Oh, God. Frank, what do you got for a final thought? Oh, where do I start? Uh, Mid-Ohio, can't wait to go back for my eighth year because every year is just amazing racing. Maserati to Indy, IndyCar. And, uh, uh, you know, check out at Audible Flagging. The Audible Flagging system should be in every series around the world. All I'm saying. There you go. All right. Final thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. All right. So my final thought is that man, I just I just love doing the show every week. I hate it that we got uh, shut down for Formula One and uh, and uh, for um, IndyCar for the next couple of weeks. But uh, you know, we'll be back. But there'll be plenty of news to talk about. Plenty of silly season stuff. Um, you know, I want to thank all you guys. I want to thank you, Richard. I want to thank you, Gray. Uh, Frank, I want to thank you for coming on. I also want to, to let folks know they can listen to the Indie Sports Car Podcast. Um, that's on iTunes. That's on Podbean. And that's on, what's the other one it's on? Is it? Uh, Stitcher. 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 That's what it is. So, uh, yeah. you know, if you guys want to listen to Frank and um, his, uh, his um, wife, Missy, uh, they they put a show out every week. Um, they get a lot of uh, Mazda Road Indy drivers. Um, so uh, give those guys a listen, um, guys. I'll talk to you all in a week. And to the to uh, thanks to the Hoobazoo Radio Network for hosting us. Uh, thanks to our listeners, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.